I will say this, that that middle of the road, spacey rock, uh, in inverted commas, worship music is like, it's there, but it is not inclusive. Hello and welcome to Deconstructing Worship, a series of positive and constructive conversations about the current culture of modern worship. I'm your co-host, Steve Quantic. And I am your co-host, Kyle Travel. So, uh, for today's episode, really, really excited to welcome my very good friend, Davey Birch. Hello. This is um, not filmed in front of a live studio audience, unfortunately. Um, oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. But... Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, maybe we'll get there, you know, when we, you know, go on the book tour or whatever, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're in already. We're getting there. We're going. There's no glass ceiling here. You can do what you want. <laughs> See, exactly. Exactly. It's really nice to uh, virtually meet you anyway. It's good to yeah. meet everyone too. Yeah. Davey, um, are you able to just, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you know me and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, so my name's Davey, uh, I'm 34 and I live in Coventry, I'm married to Beth and we have a daughter called Joy who's two and a beagle called Bowie who is four months old. Um, I also have a son called Henry, uh, he's seven. Um, I know Steve because we once upon a time and currently now again play in a band together called We Are Revival which is a post-hardcore band that uh, plays Christian music with Josh Gale, who drums for us. Um, I have lived in Coventry since uh, 2004 and uh, went to Nexus, and then that's how I got linked up with Steve. And uh, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Coventry playing in worship bands and leading worship, and now bringing up to speed, I am part of the leadership team for Rev Reality Midlands, which is a alternative metal church based in Birmingham. So that's that's kind of the main gig that I've got in terms of worship at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah, because I think we met, um, we were kind of brought on to lead worship in the evening service at Coventry Cathedral, weren't we? Which is, we were. Which is we did that, that together, didn't we? That was exciting. Yeah. I think that's where we first met, and then I kind of was really wanting to form a really loud, riffy band, and I saw this, like, you know, gloriously beardy bass player. Yeah, it's it's really tame now, actually. That's what, one of my enduring memories of being in a band with you the first time around, David, when we first kind of got together like 10 years ago, is you always smell amazing. Yeah, I think that's one of the qualities that people do often mention, that I am quite a highly perfumed man, and so <laughs> they often will smell me before they see me. I think one of my uh, horrifying experience of this, of being called out in the middle of a sermon when I was at a, a church in Coventry, and they were talking about the fragrance of Jesus, and they like pointed <laughs> at me, saying that this this man always smells so potent when he walks into church. And, oh, you don't uh, want the word potent, do you? Yeah, you, not a nice word. No, it's not. And you like you take it as a compliment because, uh, like any good church, obviously they welcome in people from all walks of what life, and everyone smells slightly differently. And so, yeah, I guess it's a 
it's one of those things where you're like, okay, thanks. And then they proceeded to hand out links at the end of the service to say, here's a little giveaway so you can all smell nice and get along with the fragrance of Jesus. And I was like, what? Was your church <laughs> sponsored by links? No. And I was baffled by this. <laughs> and uh, that particular church, I did shortly leave after that. Not because of it, but um, yeah, it... <laughs> It's a bit of a bizarre one when people give out freebies in a church. Has anyone else experienced this? Uh, we've had like uh, like the Father's Day, here's a Mars bar Lovely. at the end of the service um, and things like that. But no, never any big kind of, here's a thing of links. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> that is very strange. It's very odd. Um, so... Um, for people who are new to the podcast, because imagine we might have people who missed episode one and are jumping in now, um, we tend to kind of frame our discussion around three questions that we'll get to in a minute. But first of all, I just wanted to talk to um, talk to Davey a bit about about Rev Reality. Um, so, are you able to tell me a little bit about just just tell me a little bit more about it, like how it started, how you came to be involved? Yeah, absolutely. So. My background and my history has been in uh, gig promotion and tour booking for like metal, hardcore, punk bands. And so um, a large part of that was doing a Christian ministry called uh, JXC magazine. So I I put out a fanzine uh, for a long time and then uh, booked an awful lot of bands and interviewed a lot of bands as well. Uh, I guess anyone who plays heavy Christian music that you would like to think about uh, I've had a chance to talk to them, so uh, Under Oath, uh, For Today, um, War of Ages, loads, um, loads and loads of different heavy bands, um, and that was fantastic, like, getting to put on, like, some of my favourite bands, and it kind of, like, dwindled off, um, especially as Family Life took over and my career did as well, um, and then I got asked in uh, 2017 to... Uh, meet up with a friend called Matt McKay, who uh, him and his wife Sarah uh, run Rev, and they uh, they were looking for people to join their leadership team, and they'd heard about me. There was actually this beautiful meeting uh, at a gig that I put on in 2016, which was for today in Silent Planet, and uh, we were all at this gig, but we didn't really know each other properly. Um, but it was quite an exciting time that we were all in the same room and then we got to know each other very, very quickly. So we joined uh, the leadership team, my wife Beth and I, and um, then we kicked off in April of 2017 and we had Tommy Green come over from Sleeping Giant. He is the guy who, I guess, came up with the Rev Church concept. Um, and then there's a loads of different house churches all across America, Canada, um, and different parts of the world. Um, but we were the second... Uh, rev thing to happen in the UK. They had one down in Bristol and Swindon previously, and then we started one in the Midlands, uh, based in the heart of Birmingham, in uh, Gallery Church in the Custard Factory, uh, which is like right slap bang in the cultural centre of Birmingham. Um, and I guess like Rev was kind of a dream come true for me. So I've always wanted like a heavy alternative church. And for a lot of the time, when you try and bring that to people, it's a massive turnoff. Um, people can really get sidelined by the idea of heavy worship or alternative people or tattoos, piercings, people who present differently. And uh, for me, yeah, a dream come true to be at uh, part of a leadership team for people that was like welcoming that in. And so very quickly, we organized a worship band and we played heavy music. We... Uh, mostly did cover songs we did 
um, like Sleeping Giant songs for today, um, that kind of stuff, and then started to write our own songs as part of a worship band, which uh, Beth plays now with. Um, so listen to Meet Your Maker. They have a single out now uh, called The Risen King, which is on Spotify and all good streaming services. Um, and so that's the Rev Worship Band, which is really exciting that they're actually producing music now um, independently. And so the church is um, something that welcomes everyone in uh don't discriminate and has a like a really traditional church format we meet every month in real life when that was a thing and uh we do meet every month now on zoom as well uh we just had our last one uh on saturday just gone so it's the second saturday of every month and we had a guest speaker from florida uh called rachel carroll uh who's part of rev over there and it's great like we we share a word we do worship we pray for each other we give away free pizza um yeah, and it's it's just an incredible community that supports each other, and we have different outreaches that go into like gaming and uh, just hanging out online, especially in in the current situation. Um, and it's it's been wonderful, an absolute joy. And we're coming up on three years in uh, April of twenty one, I think. Oh, I, think I, I think I got this right. There we go. So what? Um, so what kind of about is it about Rev that kind of ticks boxes for you that kind of more traditional mainstream church doesn't? I think it's like the quality of worship is is fantastic, and that's that's something that I think every church should have is like a really high quality of worship. Now that doesn't necessarily have to be a full band for me. Uh, it could just be something that's a bit more stripped down and, and do what you need to do. Um, but for me, like being at Rev and knowing, being, having led worship there and like knowing what the band does to get ready, like they treat it like it's a headlining gig for them. And I think that that's a quality that you, you really should hunger after in, in a church, like whatever style of music that you're going to be playing, and however you're going to be worshipping, whether it's like campfire acoustic guitar or it's screaming and punching each other in the face, um, <laughs> you've, got, you've got to have that like high quality. And so I guess it's that that I really hunger after. And for me, like alternative music's been just such a massive part of my life since like before I was a teenager. And having that be to the glory of God is like is a revelation like it's amazing to see it happen and um have people so experienced and like with such uh skills to be able to play that because mm. i feel like you know i think um well, carl and i are you into fight star as well carl i think you are uh i I, w- I don't really listen to them now um but i w- kind of went through a phase i'd say when they kind of released their first album where like, i only yeah. listened to fight star for about two months so oh, so good <laughs> But I think like what I think we've talked about this in the past, Dave, is what really kind of resonates with me about that is like, yeah, what mainstream worship um, maybe doesn't have compared to like Christian hardcore music and hardcore music like like Fight Star that I'm really into as well. Like is is that kind of unbridled, you know, holding nothing back passion. Like um, a phrase we used like in last week's episode was um, was like reckless abandon. Um, yeah. and like you can't you can't you know you can't phone in screaming worship can you <laughs> no you really can't <laughs> no. and it's it's not something that i think we will ever get to a point where we're saying like let's play this 
YouTube worship for us while we're at Rev. Like, we play, like, Christian metal music in the background, sure, like, when we're just, like, hanging out, but that's not going to be ever our main focus. Like, our main focus will be worshipping together in a live setting. And that's, yeah, you're absolutely right, Steve. That's not something you can dial in whatsoever. Um, I was thinking, um, just while you were you were kind of explaining everything, it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and I've I kind of got the, the questions that you always hear from uh, mainstream churches when you talk about, hey, I'd love there to be a such and such, and such type church or a or whatever you're talking about. Um, and you always hear the kind of the kickback questions of, um, uh, well, it doesn't really matter what genre you're playing. You should just be able to worship anyway. And I've heard that many, many, many times. Um, so what, what, what's your kind of thoughts there? It doesn't matter what genre you play. However, that being said, I, I would make the argument that there are some fantastic gospel churches out there that do it in such a, an amazing way. And like my, my church, like leading up to this was like a Pentecostal church. So I'm playing Pentecostal worship. Um, and that's not for everyone at all. Um, some people want like acoustic and some people would love an organ. However, some people really want live electric guitars, double kick drums and screaming. And so if we're going to fit a need for the sort of 40 or 50 people that turn up to our church every month, uh, I'll call it a church. It is a community. I wouldn't say that we're like a church church, but then that's fantastic. Like it meets a need. And more than that, like I think that alternative communities do something that maybe some mainstream churches uh, miss out, which is being just welcoming to everyone in a non-judgmental way. And because an alternative community has generally uh, had that at his heart, like is welcoming of everyone, it means that everyone feels welcome. No one is judged, no matter what they do, like there's nothing there. And like, that's something that going to church as a young person in a countryside church where my dad was the vicar, like I've experienced judgment because I had my ears pierced and then I had tattoos and then I started listening to heavier and faster punk music. And that's something that like, I wouldn't wish on anyone that someone would align those things with things that aren't Christian. And I, I don't think it matters what you want to listen to and how you want to present as long as you can like say that your your heart is for God and that you're uh, doing your very best to to be in like relationship with with Him, yeah, that's really fantastic. Just kind of thinking that, like, kind of just to build on what you were saying, I just think the wonderful thing that I picked out from that uh, conversation then was um, talking about how, like, I mean, I kind of it's the type of music that that we're, like we're into, and uh, especially you guys who are like deep into, um, like the people tend to be on the outskirts of society anyway. Um, So I feel like having that understanding of knowing what that feels like will massively help you be empathetic towards any other kind of maybe subculture of culture, um, whether that's uh, the LGBT or or anything. Um, I feel like that's a massive stepping stone that you're already in because you've felt that kind of pushback. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's something that we watch happen directly, like watch people come in and identify themselves as trans and people of color walk through the door and 
uh, people who maybe don't identify with a gender binary, like walk through the door, like that is exciting. And if I'm looking at it from the outside to say like, come to this, you're going to be super welcomed. I have no reservations whatsoever that someone will get some, some pizza that's going to be for everyone. Like, like I'm vegan and I make sure everyone can have some vegan pizza and there's always gluten free as well. Like it's a big thing. And so like everyone can come, it's going to be safe. No one's going to judge you. And then we will tell you about Jesus. Yeah. At some point that's going to happen. But for the main part, you're going to get to hear some really great music of the highest quality. You're going to get someone share something of their life and a word. And then we're just going to talk and hang out and be community with each other and just meet people where they're at. Just sounds so beautifully welcoming. I love it so much. Um, I've also, by the way, realised that this entire this that everybody on this episode now is vegan. Um, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, all three of us. Yes, vegan. Um, yes, yeah, so Davy was probably one of the first vegans I met, um, and. I don't know if I've actually said this to you, mate, but like, um, because you kind of like believe you're, you're so kind of, um, firm in your beliefs about veganism. Um, I think you probably would have felt some pushback from me at times, but I realize now I'm older. That was conviction. Um, and that was like, that was, that was, you know, my conscience nudging me towards being vegan. I just didn't want to accept it at the time. So, you know, you, you <laughs> have to start that journey, man. It's really cool. Well, I, I'm not going to talk about animal rights on the podcast, but, um, yeah, you definitely <laughs> like conviction when you're fresh with something, whether it's like, uh, Jesus or veganism or anything is always quite passionate in the first year or two. And that's something that yeah, a lot of people maybe experience that pushback from, but uh, I think as you do start to understand and people present how they feel in different ways, that that can be quite uh, refreshing and exciting to see. Oh, 100%. So just hopping yeah. back quickly, um, because what we what we kind of try and do on this podcast as well is just try and talk about, in a constructive way, but try and talk about the things that nobody's really talking about. Um, so I, I wonder if, so like obviously kind of worship music typically um, is either kind of quite spacey rock, um, which is kind of how I describe okay. it to people, quite ambient, spacey ambient rock, or it's kind of gospel in terms of what we play in church on a Sunday or as hymns, um, which ends up being played in a spacey rock or gospel kind of stuff. Now, that as a genre is quite, it's striking quite a middle ground, isn't it? It's kind of striking... You know, um, I do, I love worship music, so I don't want to kind of, okay, so it is vanilla, right? Right. But I, but I really like vanilla, <laughs> and a lot of people really like vanilla. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like vanilla ice cream, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly, who doesn't like vanilla ice cream? But do you think maybe, like, just based on what you've been saying, do you think that kind of middle of the road, catering for that middle of the road genre like um or that style of music do you think it maybe ill-equips people for you know accepting people who come from kind of outside their cultural remit because you know what if somebody you know like you know rum raisin kind of comes in you know what i mean like and and kind of disrupts <laughs> this vanilla world uh yeah i think in the wake of last year like, I will say this, that that middle of the road, spacey rock, uh, 
in inverted commas worship music is like it's there but it is not inclusive like it's not inclusive of all people because for most white people and I'm aware that there's three white people talking about this like that's fine but like for people that don't get that or for people that come from a different walk of life or see something different if it's not the spacey rock or the gospel side of things then I think maybe they're missing out and for a lot of people they won't necessarily like want to associate with that like for me there's a reason that a lot of people like Coldplay but there's an awful lot of people that Coldplay isn't the first band that they want to listen to like they want to listen to something else something that maybe is a bit more chocolate chip or raspberry ripple if we're using the ice cream analogy <laughs> i'm enjoying um, these ice cream talk <laughs> yeah so getting hungry now it's like, <laughs> like i mean i'm jumping ahead to your questions here but like the thing that i change about worship is like there is a worship style like mm. there's there's definitely a style for worship now <clears throat> i'm excited when Elevation come out and they've got like chunky riffs on a new song like something about a garden I can't remember the title of the song um uh, graves into gardens graves into gardens yeah ah, like there we go. my dad who is a vicar shared that with me and was like I think you'd really like this and I'm like no kidding I do really like this this has got riffs on it like that's great and it's nice to see church accepting that but I think like there's going to be so many people that are on the fringes of society and the one thing that, like, I think Rev really welcomes people in with is that if you're coming in from a metal world or a hardcore world, you're maybe very, very, very sceptical about religion because a lot of people, in, in a broad stroke, like, will discriminate against people who are in that world because there's a lot of association with things that are not of God in that world, let's say. Mm-hmm. Like, there are satanic metal bands. I know there are. That's okay. Um but at the same time, those sceptical people, when they hear good music, they will want to go to that. They like, want to associate with that. And if they hear some spacey rock music, they're like, wow, definitely not for me. So glad I didn't stick around for this for too long. Um, and so it, it's some way to grab people who are on the fringes of society and bring them in. And for the people who are in the mainstream society and that are getting worship, when we play Waymaker and they're screaming, like, cool, you know the song, you know how to sing along yourself, but we're going to just do it in a slightly different way and we can still worship together. Mm. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, kind of like allowing the creativity of your own context and like 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 people group and demographic to inform the style Um that you play in, I think that's great because I think there's somebody I know who I met on when I was on tour with uh, with Pyramid Park, who's um, like a, 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 a musical missionary basically, and he was saying that actually the kind of spacey rock style, like you were saying, that like for some people it's quite alienating because you know like for people who are kind of living in quite you know rural communities or whatever, like where's the accordion? You know, what I mean, where's the brass section? Where's yeah. where are the instruments that are? you know, a part yeah. of their, their culture. Good story to kind of bounce off you there is uh, in a church that we used to go to, uh, they used to be heavily involved with the, the gypsy community um, and exactly the same. So the gypsy community ended up kind of um, building a really, really good relationship 
with the leadership of the church um, and been invited along to just join us as a family. But they did find the style, like stylistically quite alienating. And they ended up kind of using another one of the buildings that uh, that church owned and kind of doing their own thing there. But we would facilitate and stuff. And their music was very, very different. Um, I think uh, like, like kind of my question earlier about like, you should kind of just be able to worship to everything. That is definitely a fact. But we are also human. And if we are attracted to something, then it's easier, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to butt into. No, absolutely. It's so much easier. And like I found myself worshipping at gigs for the most part of my life. When I go see a Christian band and there's that kind of like flow moment where you're just completely in the music and you can feel that worship like you're you're unabashed and you're there and you're singing along with the lyrics and you know what they are and you're worshipping so to have that happen at rev and to have it in this more sort of church community setting like that's that's huge and it like it's, it's so good to like welcome people in what is the the kind of first experience that you remember of like a congregational worship music does anyone remember captain's crew no okay so i i've been raised in an evangelical church environment until i was 16 uh we went to a country church uh not country like johnny cash but like in the countryside (laughs) i wish we were amazing a country church like being in nashville or something um so we went to new wine every year the conference down in uh somerset that's now moved up to um newark i think um so we we went there every year there was like a, a pilgrimage in the car and so my earliest memory was being six or seven congregational worship with a bunch of other six and seven eight-year-olds and this guy called captain alan price leading captain's crew which is part of the children's work there and just having the best time uh with children's worship songs um yeah i guess that's the earliest memory that i have of it and then they'd play the tape in the car on the way back in our car that had backwards facing seats that faced out onto the road to the cars behind us which is probably not very safe now but <laughs> but fun but fun yeah <laughs> so what was it about is it is there anything about that experience that you kind of feel is quite formative in terms of like is there anything like that in like it's like in your heart that is like what you're experiencing at rev now is there yeah, I guess like the the other incident where I'm like talking about something that's more of like a catalyst for what I wanted to do with like the JXC ministry and then Rev in that time. I saw this band called Death Is Not Welcome Here play and uh, this was off the back of me listening to They're Only Chasing Safety by Under Oath and then honestly thinking like, okay, so I really don't know how this is going to be in the UK. Like, I'd love to see Under Oath. And I saw them, like, a couple of years later, like, early on. And I watched this band at at Soul Survivor, and they played, and then they screamed. And I was like, oh, wow, they're doing it. They've got the haircut, the, the, the skinny jeans, and they're screaming. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And, like, I got to know them, like, bought all their CDs. And um, turned out they... Uh, I was about to move to Coventry 
when they were from Solihull. And so, like, that's 10 miles away. So they literally lived down the road. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. And so very quickly, I booked them a gig with some other bands that I then found out with. And uh, I met my now best friend, Dave Boyle, who plays in this band called Conduit. And so that was really formative in terms of, like, understanding this alternative worship community um, when I was, uh, I think... 19 uh so really really exciting time to actually meet all those people at soul survivor together and then like realize that this was starting to happen um yeah around 2004 it's really exciting one of the questions we like to ask is uh kind of what is you would say your favorite thing about worship and like regardless of, i would say like regardless of style and kind of within style as well just because you are part of something that is very different from the mainstream so yeah so without style and with style what would you say um you felt for you is the your favorite thing like my favorite thing is god hearing you like we worship so that god hears us like our worship is adoration for god and so the knowledge that when you're raising your voice or instrument or sound in whatever capacity, like God will hear you. And in that respect, then the freedom to worship in any environment. So whether you're at a show in church or for me, like outside of the heavy music stuff, like I love just getting into nature and feeling God around me, like Mm -hmm. going on a walk with my kids, like, having fun, like being out there and like just feeling God all around me. And that's, that's what's so important about worship is like, God hears you. You can do it however you want to do it. Um, And it might be loud and it might be very, very quiet, but there's always space for you to like, give it to God. That's, that's really beautiful. And I I love how you can, when you talked about being in nature, because I'm exactly the same. What, what was the word we talked about the other day, Steve? Um, it was about pantheism, wasn't it? About pantheism, just this idea that's it, yeah. Of like um, seeing God in nature, which I think, again, is one of those words Christians get quite superstitious about because it can also be interpreted as worshipping nature. But I think, but seeing it as, you know, yeah, but I guess if we can just see it as a way of seeing God in nature, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the best thing that, you know, even David kind of wrote about, didn't he? You know, when yeah. I, you know like look at the, the heavens, the works of your hands, you know, what is man? Yeah, for thing? sure. It kind, of, it kind of brings back to like the scripture that says, uh, like all things were created through him. So like when you're in nature, you you are surrounded by things that are a part of him. They're not something kind of outside of him. They're actually created through his body, through his nuss. Um, so yeah, I completely get you, buddy. I just want to take a little sidestep here. The parallel I'm kind of drawing here is a lot of kind of worship music that we that is in the mainstream church kind of comes from America or Australia, but mostly America, I think it's fair to say. Um, and along with some of that becomes some, some aspects of American evangelicalism, which we've seen in the past four years of political climate there. Mm. Like that kind of marrying of you know, Christianity and politics and, you know, it can be very, the brand of American evangelicalism that we can be exposed to, I'm speaking very carefully here, look how, look how articulate I am, um, <laughs> well can done, be Steve. very, 
it can be very unhelpful. Um, however, like so, but but you, but you know, David, you're kind of saying that you know, in a similar way, a lot of kind of the culture of rev um, and you know, quite a lot of bands that you're into as well have their origins in the United States as well. So in a, in a similar way, like the worship music uh, rev is kind of influenced by American culture too. But like I, from what you're saying, it manifests in a very different way to the very conservative evangelicalism we'll often see typic, typifies faith in the States. I guess, so to, to take you back to the beginning of rev, we had this really big thing knowing that we were going to play metal music about doing it in Birmingham. A brief history. So metal is from Birmingham. Uh, it's from the working class Black Sabbath, uh, Judas Priest, uh, Napalm Death along the line. And so we had this little like video of like the ironworks and steelworks uh, going on in the UK and how that working class sort of industrial side of things inspired those kind of bands and inspired an entire genre and I've watched it time and time again again about how when I put on a band in Birmingham and they're a metal band they're like I can't believe I'm in the home of metal like I can't believe I'm in the UK where metal comes from and I'm like yeah no kidding like this is it like this is what it is like this is what we're here for and so I would say that our style, while there is this, uh, I guess, American metalcore inspiration to the music that they play, um, and obviously with so much of like the house churches and some of the leadership being from America, um, there is that side of it, but it is really British. Like, it's really British steel uh, to to coin Judas Priest like it's part of like our DNA and so welcoming people in from all walks of life is not a very conservative Christian ideal (laughs) like playing heavy music that offends some people is not a very conservative Christian ideal and uh, it's one of those things where we know we're going to upset some people but the people that are going to dig what we're about and everyone is welcome I think is really really going to enjoy this like so it's yeah, it's fantastic. not for everyone like I mean Jesus is for everyone but if you if you understand who Jesus is and the things that Jesus does for to me like one of the boldest statements is like Jesus was a punk like he was against <laughs> the establishment he <laughs> yeah. hung out with homeless people he hung out with sex workers like he is a person who is very much in, I guess, the riff-raff of society that wouldn't necessarily put on a fine suit and go to church on a Sunday. He would find a problem with the things being sold at the back of church on a Sunday and flip some tables. And yeah. that's that's something that is really dear to me. Like, Jesus is very alternative. Like, mm. he is a dark-skinned man from, let's say, modern-day Syria... Uh, who, like, is, is out in the world preaching a very radical message. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's not something that, like, I take lightly when we then think about, like, how we worship and the style that we have. I think it's very important to be very true to yourself in terms of 
the music that you're playing, the worship that you're playing, and then where you're coming from, but also to be as inclusive as Jesus would be. Yeah, that's great. And I think, like like you said, stylistically, it's not going to be for everyone, but neither is gospel or spacey rock. I, I like that. I like that too, Um <laughs> But like, like you're not going to get, um, oh, you may do, but you're not going to get Aunt Dottie from down the road going to rock up and be like, I love this. She n- probably won't. She may do. Um, but that's why it's so important that there are different places. There are different styles. There are different churches because those cultures and those societies and and kind of pockets of community are going to be in so important for the people that do walk through those doors. Um, so like kind of just coming off this conversation, it's, it's not a thing of like, we, we don't want the spacey rock because there are people that do absolutely love that. And don't get me wrong. There's some, there's some absolute bangers. Um, but like, again, not, it's not going to be everyone like you said, that feels included when they come and that is the style playing. Sure. I guess one of the big differences is we would take a breakdown over a bridge any day. Like, I I would rather that everyone is dancing and praising the Lord than we're repeating the same bridge over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love a good breakdown. One time in my church, I did try it in the evening service so it could be a bit more experimental Unfortunately, I don't think it would happen now, but I got permissioned to do a three-piece, just drums, bass, guitar, and a couple of backing vocalists, and try and do something a bit riffy. Um, I wish I had my baritone guitar then, because that would have been insane. And we got most of the way through it, and then in the prayer time at the end, um, like one of the backing vocalists... Um, he's actually a very good friend of mine and he'll see this and know who he is. He went onto the keyboard and brought in the pads and it's just like, oh, we nearly made it through without regressing to, <laughs> to the old style. <laughs> we nearly made it all the way through. But actually what's really interesting is we launched into, you know, this kind of like really heavy riff um, that, I, that I wrote for the start of Nothing's Gonna Hold Me Back, the old Tim Hughes uh, song. And uh, my, my a friend of ours who um, who's in the congregation told me that somebody just in the congregation just went, <laughs> just started headbanging. <laughs> it was just like, oh well, well, we reached someone, we connected with someone. Um, so, so but I you guess, do like, know you need the pads. You do know that. Do you know the pads? Pads bring heaven. You don't. You didn't know that. Oh mate. Uh, well, I guess I had lots of reverb. On my on my toe at that point, so I hoped that the reverb could bring heaven, but it's not reverb. That's, alone, what, that's it's when reverb people start to feel the spirit. Is when the pads come in. Oh, the Holy Spirit pads. Oh, mate. Oh, I'm so. Oh, well. In that case, you know, I, I retract that statement. Like the Holy Spirit was clearly not present until that moment. So I think we're fine. And there we go. So actually, you know, my my good friend saved the day at that point. Um, <laughs> So if I might reframe that third question then, which is like, what would you change about worship? If you kind of could boil it down to its essence, Davey, what would you want the kind of mainstream worship culture to kind of, if, you know, let's, you know, let's say, you know, some like the, you know, a local church in Birmingham decided to come down and see, you know, Rev Reality one, one month. Sure. Um, what would you want them to take away and say, right, we are implementing this in our worship team? This worship is well-practiced. It is high quality. 
and my gosh, they've got a good drummer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I've been at so many churches with bad drummers and I love drummers so much. Um, I I just wish that drummers were drummers and uh, people that say they can play drums would not say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just um, don't. (laughs) So, no, I think it's like the high quality of worship, like I said before, and, um, just a real sense of God's presence in the room, which there always is um, time after time when we do this. And so it's it's just so important to, to know that like we do the same things. We pray heavily before every meeting. We practice religiously, let's use that word. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we work so hard at being a community. So... We've had people just sort of drift in and leave. And one of the great things that we get to do every year is we um, we go to like this big church right in the middle of Birmingham. Um, I want to say it's called St. Martin's, but I might be wrong. Um, and it's it's a, a, a traditional church building. Uh, and there's like it's right next to the bull ring. Like you don't have to walk out of the bull ring to get to it. Um, and so we do this thing called Chris Mosh every year. Uh, Christ Mosh. Um, yes uh, word games we do we do the worship with with like the rev band they play but it's always it's not so much like a uh, like a worship set so they generally play like their own songs and a cover or two Um, they wouldn't necessarily go into the worship songs and then we have like Christian bands play and so the great thing about this is like actually our welcome is there but it's such a huge building this can hold like sort of 500 people So people just drift in and out and they see it. And so we'll have like 100, 200 people drift in and out. Like some people stay, like we'll maybe have like sort of 50 or 60 really just be there for the event. And then like, but people just drifting in and out on a Saturday night right before Christmas off the back of the German markets um, and kind of just check it out. And so the main takeaway that people have is like, that was awesome music. That was really different. We're like hearing something really different. And in the subgenre of what we do, like in this alternative music genre, we'll have our, our heavy metal worship. We'll have like the metal core. But we, last, last time we did this, we had Autumn Boy play, who describes his music as like trap emo. So it's like screaming over trap beats and poetry. Tremo. Uh, Tremo, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to like take uh, Autumn Boy's genre tag. Um, we had we had Conduit play, who I mentioned before, my friend Dave's band, who sound just like Underoath, and uh, we even had this like just absolute noisy band uh, play um, that was just like too full on, like it was like really short, sharp, screaming songs, just a drummer and a guitarist going ham, like you probably put it closer to grindcore than anything else so like really on the fringes of alternative music like and it it was fantastic like you see everyone get involved in different ways and so the kids that are like oh i kind of like i like alternative music but like they're living in that like hip-hop rap like like garage space they'll walk in and they'll see autumn boy rapping and then it's like beats and they're like oh no way, but he's got a live drummer with him and he's like going for it. And then you see like the rev band play and they're like, 
this is worship. Like we've got the lights, we've got like stuff going on. It's safe to say there's not a keyboard in sight, but <laughs> um, I do not object to keyboards in principle. By the way, just no, to, just to no, say. it's not necessarily like a lot a of my fa- very good friends are keyboard players. <laughs> it's not necessarily a founding thing of what Rev does. We've had keyboards at our events before, but like when we really strip it back to its core, we want people to take away this like high quality of worship, this like incredible experience that you get, and like I'd liken it to when you drift into a free gig on a night out and you're just like oh I checked out this band and they were great and like I got their name and then we're doing something a bit different so it's not often people just drift into church it's not often people just drift into this like alternative space and that's really exciting for us to see that people are like just checking it out they're feeling welcomed and they're going away with something that was like really different just uh you may have already said it uh Rev in America where is that based? So Tommy Green is based in Salt Lake City um, in Utah. Um, he he does like a Sunday session. So if you want to connect with Rev like on a like a regular basis, he does an Instagram live, uh, Tommy Rev Reality, um, and you can just watch him share a word. Um, so but then they have like he does a small church out of there that's like this little thing. And then they they have like pockets in. We're connected with the guys in like Arizona, uh, connected with the guys in Florida. There's people up in New York, um, people up in Canada, um, and like I mentioned, there is uh, like a little pocket in sort of Bristol Swindon area, um, and we we are obviously in the Midlands. No one in the Rev community does what we do with like a full like intense live metal worship. Um, we were really clear that we wanted to do this and have it like be this like high quality like church community like in terms of the worship especially um and gallery church in in birmingham had like blessed us with their space like we can use a church space to do this whereas most rev churches are house churches they'll have worship they'll be probably acoustic guitar kind of like campfire stuff it might be alternative um but those people really would come together and like join uh, when I guess there's like a gig or some kind of show and be a part of that community altogether. That's awesome. I, that's really cool. Like, uh, and it kind of just shows that because um, I've had kind of heard conversations regarding kind of more alternative churches before. And I remember hearing this one thing and this is when I was involved um, with the more kind of alternative band um uh, uh, people kind of like with the kickback of oh well they're only kind of going for the music they're not going for their kind of faith in Jesus or or whatever else they said um I, I love the hearing you say that because I mean you've got this main hub of where the the metal worship happens but like you said the other communities of Rev are a bunch of people with an acoustic guitar yeah so it's they are the, house churches of like I'd say max like 30 40 people like the one in florida is probably the the biggest one outside of us um and they they have a church but like they're they're very much a church but they're just part of the rev community they're not like alternative that's fantastic isn't it so good i guess maybe like if we were kind of you know because the whole one of our kind of you know a part of our ethos as a podcast is like you know deconstructing to reconstruct like what if like because like churches like have 
um, community groups and things, don't they? Like people who gather, like they have like sports teams. Sure. You know, they have kind of people who gather based on different interests. Like, what would it be like if like worship teams were formed like that? Like, it's just like, oh, I'm into, you know, like, you know, I'm really into, you know, a, a few musicians come together, like, oh, I'm really into like Jimmy Eat World. And yeah. Like, un- and like Under Oath. And, you know, can we do something like play, you know, play, you know, the Elevation and Bethel songs if, um, if, if, if that's, if that floats their boat, but play them, take ownership of the style. Yeah, for sure. No, it makes total sense. And I think this this just strikes me as the one thing that like going in to mainstream church and being part of different communities, often people will just know that you love Jesus and expect that to be enough to be part of a community. However, like my experience of like even life groups, like doing life with people, having that one, I'm not going to say interest, but like having that one quality of who you are in common for me like is not enough to build like a long lasting firm relationship with a person and do community so when i talk about community at rev i know that most of like all of the people most of them love the music i'm gonna say 90 percent. there's even people on the leadership team that are like heavy stuff isn't really my style but i love you husband let's go do this so (laughs) like that's cool. Um, like our, our good friends Will and Hannah just left for New Zealand and they're going to go do something similar out there. They were part of the leadership team. And Hannah loves worship. She she plays the keyboards. She sings beautifully. But Will plays in death metal and grindcore bands. like, And that's his thing. And she's like, I, I support you. Like, I'm part of this alternative community, but, like, that's that's not necessarily it. We're going back to Steve's point. Sorry, I get sidetracked. For me, having these two things in common for the people that join the community, they love some kind of alternative music, like, whether it's, like, some rock music, like Jimmy Eat World or whatever, but they also love Jesus. And having those two things in common, like, it then means that you can start to form relationships that are a lot deeper than just loving Jesus together, which is great. I think that's so so important. But like you can start to form relationships based on your interests. And that that is such a big deal. Like I uh, like there's a poster in the background from High Fidelity and it's like books, films, records, these things matter. Like call me cynical, but it's the, tr- the truth. Like that is it's just what what people gravitate towards. And so finding those common interests, knowing that you both love Jesus, and then you can build on that. You can go deeper in theology. You can know that you're not going to feel judged by someone. Like, mm. there's a there's a big difference. Like, I've been lumped in a life group as a 30-something-year-old man with an 18-year-old student who's starting to university, and they're like, I'm so excited to be part of this young adult life group. And I'm like... I have a toddler and I can't tell you the first thing about being a young adult anymore. Like, <laughs> this is so different. Yeah. Like, for us at Rev, like, the community is king. And so, oh, Jesus is king, but, like, the community is so important. And so we we take our children and they dance and they have fun and stay up late for that one night. And then on the flip side of it, there's people that are like, I remember seeing Black Sabbath in Birmingham. I 
I, it's been going for 50 years now. And so there's people coming who are 50 and 60 plus, And they're like, it's a big demographic of people. And so having that is, is just so, so important. And so that we have these common interests and we meet together on those things. And that's just really exciting. Hmm. I think the, the common interest point is, uh, for me, really important with um, kind of just like newcomers, isn't it? Because like, yes, for me, the, the obviously, and definitely listening to you then, the most important thing is that kind of, I am a follower of Jesus and we have that in common. But say, like I said, we, we are human and sometimes we we fall out and it's easier when you kind of can see yourself in someone um, to form relationships. Um, but like, like I said, from, for newcomers who don't have that relationship with Jesus yet, that's massively important to like come into a place and see people that look like them, especially for the more alternative community that maybe they do feel like they're on the outskirts of community to actually be able to come into a place and go, oh, wow, like I'm not I'm not the only one in this kind of Christian world that likes heavier music or or things like that. So I think that's amazing, buddy. Yeah. And it's it used to be that thing where like you felt safe as an alternative person when you like look across the street and you're like, oh, I saw someone in a black flag shirt and I'm like, OK, cool. I know we've got something in common. Like, they're not going to yeah. fight me. That's cool. Like, I mean, they might do, but like... <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how their day's gone. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, but like, you're like, I mean, it, it's not so much anymore. Like, like fashion places sell Metallica shirts. And so it's like a bit disparate, isn't it? But um, like, you feel like you can build an association with someone. Like, they just have that. Or it's like... This little thing of like, oh, they have got a tattoo and a piercing and like there's a patch there on their jacket. And I'm like, oh, okay, I think this is this. I'm safe with this person. And so seeing a group of people that look like you in one way or another, the people that aren't afraid to wear all of the makeup, all of the studs or like just have that like cut off sleeve t-shirt and like walk through the door and not be called like scruffy or be comfortable wearing a hat in church. I'm going to say this now, like walking in the door wearing a beanie and not feeling like you have to take it off. Like it's <laughs> yeah. so important like to have a community that you feel welcomed into. And um, yeah. I'd like to think that that's what Rev offers. Yeah, I, I remember. Uh, so I, I've kind of gone through like two main big phases when it comes to music in my life. I started off with like kind of the hip hop and rap scene. Um, and that was basically all I listened to from the age of, I don't know, 12, 13, um, up until about 18. That's all I've listened to. Um, so the, the jeans hanging kind of underneath my butt cheeks was a daily fashion trend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of stayed with me as I started getting into, uh, like Blink-182 was like my first kind of more band I would listen to. Still love them now. Um, and then I kind of got progressively heavier towards like Underoath and stuff like that. And that was then a big kind of part of my life as well. Um, but the kind of, the jeans under the butt cheeks was a very <laughs> common staple for me. And I remember so many times I would walk into church and I would get so many comments, like so many comments. And it just, and it was funny for the most part. And like, I know the people around me, it was all in jest and no, I don't think I ever had anyone kind of be mean about it, but I would feel like, oh, like I'm kind of singled out here a little bit, especially as like kind of like a nervous teenager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, what if that was, you know, what if, what if, you know, that was your first week at church, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And somebody decided to comment on your appearance like that. So it's just like people like, yeah, people walk into church and they don't kind of come pre-programmed with the cultural rules and expectations, yeah. do they? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think crazy. going back to, we're talking about like, uh, that kind of like right-wing conservative Christian attitudes uh, coming from America. Like for us, it's so important to like break that, like to say that we're, we're welcoming of all people. Like the, the, there's really crazy conversations that I'll have with people and like we will get sort of painted with the same strokes by saying like, oh, you're a Christian, ow, oh, but you've like played this Hillsong song do you know about what Hillsong did or like do you know about like this church history or what they did to this like gay person and you're like oh no don't 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 paint me in the same strokes like mm. that's not me like but it's it is hard to sort of step out of that when we all have that common christianity and then say like okay so I'm a Jesus lover and then it gets down to a, like a lot of semantics about like, am I religious? Do I just follow Jesus? Like, I mean, more recently, I'd say like, I'm an apprentice to Christ. Like, that's that's the Ooh, thing. I like it. But it, it's a John Mark Homer thing. He his books are fantastic. But like, like a disciple to Christ or an apprenticeship to Christ. It, it's just like a lot of people will judge, prejudge you, and have this like set of ideals and a set of things and like. Yeah. Growing up as, like, sort of middle England, like, especially middle-class England, uh, to then say, like, to... A, I'm going to be very general here. To say to, a, like, a Daily Mail reader, I've got tattoos and listen to screaming music, but I love Jesus. They're like, no, that doesn't work. Doesn't <laughs> You're not fit. allowed. Doesn't fit. Don't get it. Mm. Absolutely. And I think it's just... Um... Yeah, having that, you know, um, kind of subculture of, of hardcore and metal that unites you, that must really help in terms of, you know, in terms of giving you common ground to engage with people on, right? Because, yeah, you know, in terms of a lot of the things that people criticize Christians for, not going to lie, they're fairly bang on. Um, you know, they are, there are, you know, yeah. like... Um, a lot of the things that people are critical of Christians for, like we don't have a leg to stand on because we are, you know, judged as, you know, homophobic and intolerant and um, yeah. like transphobic and, you know, and right wing because yeah. there is a big chunk of the church's heritage that, you know, like that that is tied up in that, you know. So I think, you know, you know having that kind of like that social, you know, entryway of, you know, the shared culture of hardcore music, um, you know, it just maybe, you know, allows the conversation to flow a bit more easily because, you know, like, mm. you know, I think in terms of a lot of these things, the church's position should be contrition and, you know, repentance rather than defensiveness. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Having that kind of entry point of, you know, that shared culture, it must make aspects of, that a lot easier right yeah for sure and like when you you walk into a room and you're meeting someone for the first time let's imagine we're walking into a church that is not rev for the first time 
and you're trying to strike up a conversation with someone and it's maybe like, oh, like, what did you read in the Bible this week? Or like, oh, what worship song did you enjoy this morning? It's not like, what was the last gig you went to? What was the last record you listened to? Like, wasn't that band Savage? Didn't that solo just absolutely rip? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> these are things that we can get on a level, like culturally, and be like in the culture, but we are like, we're different from the culture. Like we're, we are like counterculture in, in and of the same thing. Like, I think it's really important, like, like in the Bible, in the world, not of the world. And it's just, you've got to be there. Like, and one of the big things about Rev is like this, this worship band that we, that we have, like Meet Your Maker, like they plan to play in pubs and clubs and play free gigs and just be out there as a regular, as a regular band. That's awesome. They're just going to play mm. like those heavy worship songs that they've written, maybe one or two covers. And sure, maybe they'll get to a point where they're playing like in churches or playing at Rev. That's cool. But like they want to just play alongside regular bands, but they're set up as a worship band. Like that's the big thing for them. They're yeah, not like even a ministry really band. Like they're set up as a worship band. Just bringing it into land then. Um, so, Davy, if people want to know more about Rev, um, how how can they do that? So you can go onto uh, Instagram or Facebook and search Rev Reality Midlands. Uh, that's where the community that we're at is. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, uh, you can search for Davy XVX. Uh, that's what I'm at on all social platforms. Um, and I will point you in that direction too. Um, but we're super open. Like the inbox is always open at Rev. And so even if you've just got questions or you're curious or just want to like see what we're posting, um, there's always something to get along with. Um, we meet... I'm going to use inverted commas because we're not <laughs> physical just yet. Uh, but we meet on the second Saturday of every month. And so, um, yeah, if we we will be back live at some point, I think probably after the summer um, in 2021, just to date this. Um, but we we will meet physically again and that will be very clearly advertised and we'll be very excited Um I, I can't imagine a person that's not itching to get back to some kind of live worship or live oh music. Goodness, yes. um, yeah, for anyone that's picked up an instrument or has been to a gig, they must be itching to go back to that. Last thing, just before we finish, um, if somebody was listening to this and they were like, man, I really want to start getting into Christian hardcore music, um, obviously the first place they would look would be our band We Are Revival, right? So you know, <laughs> Do at, it. at We Are Revival Band on uh, on Instagram. It's a not a very active account at the moment, but when we actually start doing shows again it'll become a bit more active. Plugity plug plug plug. But if you were to name like three kind of Christian hardcore bands, they can still be in existence or not. But like if people were just looking for somewhere to get started musically and creatively, where would you point them? Okay, so there's there's two schools of thought here. So, like, if you want to listen to some great heavy Christian music, there are quite a lot of really high quality bands that don't exist anymore. Like, they've broken up, and that's really sad. But I would say, like, 
a starting point if you like the kind of stuff that Rev does would be Sleeping Giant. They're not a band anymore, but they're they're really unabashed in how they praise and how they do that. And I think that that's just such a great way of like accessing that and getting into it. Um, there's an awful lot of bands that are like Christian affiliated and not necessarily like all the members would be Christian, um, but they are very active and they are very outspoken, especially lyrically about their Christianity. But Silent Planet would be the one who's really active um, that have come out and I think that just one of the best bands right now. Um, another current band would be Fit for a King. Uh, I would definitely listen to them. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, if you wanted to go back, personal favourites, uh, this band Advent, I think they have the best worship song ever. It's called Revival. And then another current band would be uh, My Epic. If you want to go on to the kind of the spacey rock meets hardcore vibe uh, and find a nice middle ground, uh, My Epic would be fantastic. My Epic uh, is so good. That's so good, man. And um, yeah, and they come from a, a place of like spiritual quality because the the vocalist and and sort of main guy is is a pastor of a church as well so um yeah you really really get that um and then i just look at record labels face down records have been like my go-to for so long and then uh solid state would be fantastic to look at they're they're fantastic at putting out some metal music there you go Thank you for listening to the Deconstructing Worship Podcast. Please, please do come and get involved in the conversation. Come and find us on YouTube and on Instagram at Deconstructing Worship.